National Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. NAVA in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. Thank you to uh, those elders, those artists, those communities um, who have been the custodians of this land for so, so long so that we can be here to share our experiences and, and our stories. The work of being an artist is um, can be very isolating. Uh, to the work of being a, a contemporary artist, being a writer, there's so many artistic practices um, that can kind of get us into our own little worlds and in these particular times where we've just been through you know a number of weeks in Australia of hearing competing visions for what do we need to um, address things like the climate emergency uh, what do we need to do to look at things like community life the, the tax balance the roads the waters the fish that are dying the people who we're not extending our care for uh, either you know on the continent or on uh, islands where asylum camps are. All of those questions weigh on us in some really complex ways and affect our practices. We've just been through a lot of turmoil as a nation and this seems like a really, really important time to be coming together to talk about self-care. So in introducing these guys, I want to thank them in advance for the conversation that we're about to have because it's the sharing of stuff which is like your personal sort of practices and, and, and tactics. So we're just going to chat for a while but then we're going to open up to we can all ask some questions about how do you maintain a practice how do you think about you know this sort of daily and monthly and yearly kind of kind of stuff? And what are the niggling things that you feel are sometimes being left behind? But what are the things about life and the body that are perhaps exposed and brought to the surface by your practice? Um, does Pierre introduce us already? Um, we've got Adriel down the end, we've got Harriet, and we've got Peter. We'll start with 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 you because uh, we're talking to earlier about. Um, the few things that we were talking about, you know, earrings and socks and about the way that we reflect on our bodies and the ways that we sometimes kind of forget that and just kind of get on with things. Um, I'm going to ask you all actually the same first question to start with, so putting Chitab on the spot and you guys should get extra time. Tell us um, what is your practice? which is different to what kind of work do you like to make. Um, what does maintaining an artistic practice mean to you? And what do you actually do? What is your practice every day? Mm. Well, I think everyone can, well, the artist anyway, can relate to this, but um, a lot of the time it's applying to things. And <laughs> <laughs> writing applications and jotting down notes and planning and organising and thinking so that takes up a lot of my time in fact the moments that I do get to where it is pure uh, making I'm really excited about that <laughs> and it finally does oh, come around because it's um it feels really special and it feels really exciting and you know I love getting my hands into making stuff but a lot of the time it is at the desk but also just um, at work um, you know sometimes I'm doing meetings in my classroom not with students there I'm a teacher, I should say, um, a high school teacher and I'm also an artist and um, and I've been teaching full-time for the past six months and it's been complicated but it's also been really good as well, it's been really nourishing and so, you know, it's all a bit all over the place for me but, you know, I seem to like it that way, you know, I'm, I'm on the go, if I need to do a meeting, I, I'll be performing in Bristol in October and, yeah, yeah sometimes taking those phone calls. And Harriet, what about you? How would you describe what your practice? Uh, it was an interesting. It's an interesting question, and particularly for this this sort of 
discussion point where we were talking about life art balance and you studies talk about how you're a teacher as well and that you constant I'm constantly thinking about my art and my practice in my daily life when I'm not even in the studio practicing. A lot of the stuff is admin sort of stuff. My practice is very at the moment I, I've just had a baby, I've got an eight month old and so I have a lot of time to think about my work but not a lot of time to make my work. Mm-hmm. So my practice is a lot of thinking. And when I do get to have time in the studio, it's very meditative. Um, and it's a space for self-care, the term that you use, and, and a space for being by myself <laughs> for a moment. Yeah. yeah, and that sounds very special and important yeah. to know that you've got that. That space is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I should say both Harriet uh, and Tim have been Parramatta Artist Studio artists. Uh, Abdul has not, uh, but has likely had um, uh, that experience of being set up in the studio in different kinds of places. But tell us, we just we just talking about you know the balance of full time job, the personal and the daily structure stuff. Can I tell you quickly what I like yeah. Parramatta Studios? So, so I, I grew up in Perth, I lived in Melbourne for a bit, then went back to Perth, and then I came, wanted to move over to the East Coast to uh, do postgraduate study. Mm. And I was deciding whether to go back to Melbourne or go to Sydney, and I hadn't lived in Sydney before really. And so what I did is I did a, like a recon trip and trekking trip and went to Melbourne and went to the Open Studios of Gertrude, went to a friend, friend of mine's studio, and I'm not going to accidentally crochet, I'm not, I'm not so excited crochet on Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> when I was there, Asked you about being on this, uh, and I thought, oh gosh, you know, 
what's, what is the thing uh, that for you is the most challenging or the most difficult about maintaining that balance? Let's start with you. <laughs> um, I think the hardest is to compartmentalise yeah. things because, um, yeah, like uh, I do with the phone, you know, I'm checking my phone, checking my emails when I'm on the train, on the bus, and, you know, I'm just flagging emails, like, you know, do that, and, like, you know, and it's just too much. And I'd like to be able to go, you know, this day is the time where I go through all of my emails and, you know, respond to them while I've got my laptop there. And I can respond to them, you know. Um, and, yeah, separating the work stuff as well, but it just doesn't happen. And sometimes I think it needs to... I'd make boring work if I did that. I don't know, part of me thinks that because, you know, when you're onto something or you're feeling something and you really want to push an idea and you really do need to give it that time and, and space to allow that work to um, develop in the, it kind of has a life of its own, doesn't it? And you just have to let it be as opposed to go, oh, you know, so, so, I'm going I'm to go back to work right now. So, you know, I find that difficult. Has having a little one shifted your perspective around one of the most important things and one of the things to balance? Uh, yes, it's such an understatement. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess my uh, um, my experience is that I'm on the front line. Like, I mean, my baby's only eight months old, so I'm in the trenches. I'm using war metaphors. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, like, I'm really in, in the thick of it at the moment, and I know so many wonderful mother artists who have multiple children and children who are been through primary school and high school and they're kind of out the other end or still on, on a different sort of journey. So I'm sure they would be able to offer wisdom with a bit of benefit of hindsight, but I'm like right in the, ah, I'm, I'm just like this all the time. And I think uh, what's been really, I think the word you used is what can balance. I've been so surprised um, by people's expectations of me, not only my expectations of myself, but like an example is if I do find the time to go to an opening or some sort of social event, no shade on anybody who said this to you last time. <laughs> <laughs> people often say to me, where's your babies? Oh. It happens a lot. And I wonder if dads get, how's your baby? And mum gets, mum gets, where's your baby? So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where's your baby? And I feel like they you know, where's in the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's that... Um, an interesting uh, trying to get a hold of um, people's uh, the, the changing conversation and what people are interested in talking to me about as an artist. Um, like another another example, um, when I was pregnant, I was talking to an old male artist who who um, was talking about you know, what could be doing for his career, what's happening, and I felt like I had a really great year last year. I went to a great show and. Um, I had a lot of attention, achieved all the things that I wanted to achieve. I had a solo show that I was really happy about. I was telling him about this, and he said, "Hurry, you know, don't, don't, um, don't beat yourself up because my, when my sister was pregnant, she had a baby, and then didn't want to go back to work. So, you know, don't worry about it." And I'm like, "I'm not talking about worrying about it." Um, so I've, I've just found it really interesting, and you know, I think it's just getting into pregnant body and being like, "I didn't So I guess I'm just trying to trying to manage that. Um, but then, so many amazing um, supportive people being asked to come speak on this panel and for being involved in the events that are happening here today. And I've got a studio as well, John Council, they're here in the studio. Um, the other guys are doing great, so I'm in there a day a week. And I'm actually making work that I really don't have enough time. I feel like that I am um, my pocket, I just got to get it done. So um, I'm making really great work that I'm really excited about. Structure of my day. I'm going to have to. We, you know, we are doing that all the time. 
what are some of the little techniques that you just find yourself kicking into? And how happy are you with them? I think that's going to be our next question for everyone. So we're going to talk a lot about what we actually do, and this is how we manage my day. But are we, are we happy with that balance at the moment? And what are the techniques? Oh, I don't know if happy is the right word to describe how we like, I, I know that one of the things, like, not personally, um, the blessing and the curse that I have with my own characteristics is that I get tunnel vision, which is really good for being able to get things done by deadline or to finish things. I really look forward to playing trips because I know I'll be able to finish a book. I'll just start and finish it and won't get up. Um, but it also, to the detriment of other relationships and friendships, that sort of thing, like I'll be in a studio and then that will be my priority and my focus yeah. and kind of forget about other things. So I really don't like that about myself and it's something I'm trying to adjust and fix. Do you find that people are understanding when you talk about it, or do you feel sometimes like you're just letting people down? Oh, generally people are pretty understanding, which is good. And most of the people that I, I, are in my social circles, I guess, are in similar modes in different ways, yeah. like they have creative practices, and understand that, but also uh, it can become an issue. Because it's absolutely the whole, like, you know, I think that's exactly why this kind of conversation is important, because, yeah, um, it's, it, it is that, that, that isolating sense that you, know, you, you want to put your head down, focus on the making of this thing, and particularly because you've just managed to find that time, that zone. And, it can't, and you feel also quite selfish at times, where you're explaining to someone that I need to find this picture of an ocean, and it has to be just right, and I need the next day. <laughs> like, it can get, yeah, and people go, what are you talking about? <laughs> why we need uh, in Australia in general this sort of better public discussion about the arts, about theatre and artists because, you know, we often uh, talk, you know, behind our colleagues about this bizarre thing in Australia but also other parts of the um, English-speaking world where on the one hand there's like this stereotype of artists as being really sort of elite and just having all this time on their hands to make work and, you know, money that probably falls out of the sky. But then at the same time, there's this stereotype that artists are kind of uh, lazy and, um, you know, fringe dwelling, not, you know, uh, poor, not contributing anything. It's bizarre to have both of those stereotypes at the one time. But having them both makes it so difficult then to have those conversations with family and friends outside of the arts when we just feel like we are struggling with work-life stuff. And finally, you, Harry, or if you don't have a great example of where, you know, perhaps there's a, um, someone just outside the arts who's not getting what you're trying to explain around what it means to be an artist and maintain that balance. I, I am really happy with my teaching job. I think it's really grounding for me. Of course, it pays my bills. Of course, it, you know, puts bread on the table. But, um, yeah, I, I also think it's very grounding to balance out the kind of unpredictability and limitlessness that art is, you know. Mm. We're always expected to take risks and push boundaries and try new things, but um, no one really thinks about that, you know, the grounding stuff that we need, which is, you know, a, a roof over our heads and, you know, the stability that, of a, that a stable income provides. Yeah, totally. you know? So that's, sorry, yeah. I'm not sure if that's the answer you're looking for. <laughs> Oh, look, I think it's, I think it's an important conversation. And, and, and Harriet, do, do you feel like we're getting better, I don't know, maybe within the arts, like just like being honest around things like the conditions of production, talking about health and mental health, like is, you know, is, is that more of a conversation that you as an artist feel like, you know, outside of sort of you know, uh, uh, theoretical sort of discourses around, um, uh, you know, labour exchange and so on. Do you, do you feel like that, that is more of a conversation or that is still a difficult one? I think so. I'm not sure. I, I think I agree with I mean, I agree with Shiram. Um, I think I, I put pressure on myself. Um, I think I feel, sometimes feel guilt if I say no to a shift and to go into a studio as well. There's like a, um, I feel there's a, particularly now having a family of pressure to provide for my, for my family. Um, and wanting to get back back to work to make some money, I think there is. I think um, there is a lot more community-based uh, spaces where, so spaces like Paramount Art Studios and now Rival here, and, and I was at Waverley, and, and now we've all gone studios where um, people. The, it's not so much working solely in the studio, but it's a space that people just kind of work as a community and talk. And those spaces also. 
um, I when I was at Parramatta, they did, uh, their artists for a lot of paid opportunities um, in their work practices. So um, whether it be workshops for the public or um, uh, I don't know, judging a youth art prize, whatever it is, the, the, I think, um, yeah, were supportive of artists so to try and find ways that they can supplement or give them some more income for the work that they do. Um, but I think it, it's a reality in, in my situation that um, I need to have a fair job. Um, and I definitely talk about that with my community and people are often going, oh God, I've got to go to work and balance that. It's, yeah, so I don't think it's a secret that artists have jobs. Who has got a question uh, which is for Harriet or for Abdul? I guess uh, this question turns off what you were saying before, Harriet, um, but I guess it goes to everyone else. Um, I found that when I have too much time on my hands, it's actually really difficult to get going with my practice. And I'm starting to realize more of a, a like motivation and excitement and wanting to do my practice now that I have less time on my hands. Um, does that for all of you tend to be a bit of a thing, or would you would you say that that doesn't actually become a thing at all? Or how would you yeah, elaborate on that? Too much talk about structuring of the time. Um, definitely, yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I don't, um, the time that I had working in the studio is now the time that I wish that I was in the studio, so it feels like it's, that I want to be there more. Um, but it, I think I'm, beginning to learn to use that um, as an advantage and so when I'm in the studio I'm just so much more confident at just like getting it done instead of like um, fucking around with like um, drawing up ideas like I'm just I'm just like do it and like make a mistake and then do it again and, and I feel like it's yeah I'm feeling really confident in the studio at the moment because of that I don't have the time yeah yeah there's little things and big things in it, Abdul. Like there's, um, you think about your day and like, like all the little things that you need to distract your day, but then as an artist, you know, who works a lot on practice, you sort of have to create your whole entire framework for everything. What's, what's that like for you? Um, sorry, it, it can be quite difficult. Like I, I, I know that if I've got a large project ahead of me, the beginning of the project is really hard and the end of the project is really easy, but just getting, getting that ball rolling. Um, this is one thing which I've been doing recently, which yeah, it sounds funny, I, I, I've been getting assistants to work with me and not just for the work that they do, but I know having someone else in the studio means that I perform or I will not sit on Instagram for so long. <laughs> so this is a motivator, primarily. And I know that when they're in there, I'll do double work that I would do normally plus whatever work they do and in a really efficient way to get going. But that being said, that's because I'm in a studio now where there's no one else around me. Um, it's just two people in the studio and we're on different levels of the building. In my previous studio, I was at Birmingham Street and there's 22 artists. So there's always artists around, so you're always pretty motivated. You'll all like have a yarn and have coffee and stuff like that, but there will be always be someone to be like, oh, I've got to get back to work and yeah. they want to get going again. So yeah, yeah, motivation, having other people around is in a way put up with 
now that you're working towards something different? That is such a great question. Thank you. Everyone's got that long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that distant kind of look of like, oh, the future. <laughs> talk about expectations because they've never been asked in the entire course. I think, really? Really? You know, this is one of the most um, uh, invigorating, treacherous, risk-taking, destabilizing, magnificent things you can choose to do with your life. Make this commitment to a practice. Uh, it's been an extraordinary thing. I think you all expect to think in time. Do self-expectation work for you? Um, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know about expectations, but I think it changes depending on where you are in your life and where you are in your art career as well. And I know that when I was first starting off, it was a lot harder in the sense that, you know, there was so much I didn't know and so many things I was trying out. And uh, of course, you do a lot of things for free. Like, you know, I was making all my installations, I was making for myself, you know, I didn't, there was, I, did, I had no contracts, I had no funding, I had, you know, there was nothing, it wasn't supported in any way, and so I had to make it anyway. It just makes you grateful, so now when I do get an offer or someone wants to show my work, it's like, oh, how lucky am I, you know, to, to have that load. Um, lessened a little bit. But then, you know, there are other complexities. Um, you know, you get these offers or people that are interested in showing your work but they want you to find funding. And so you've got to like do such a I know, so lucky, right? Um, so, you know, that, that can be complicated. Yeah. I have to say I'm really surprised with how satisfied I am with teaching. And I think maybe this is just what I needed at this point in my life. And I don't, yeah, I don't have to go chasing for those you know, exhibition opportunities as much now as I did before. So I do have a bit more time to, you know, um, get my needs met in, in that kind of way. And teaching, um, just like Anna was saying about now working with people in your studio, you know, it puts you in that mindset where people are going to ask you questions that you then have to think differently about. Like you're presenting something, you're being challenged, you're being fed. Um, Abdul, did you ever expect that at some point in your life you would be a commercially enough successful artist that you could sustain a practice in the way that you do? I'm a bit of a doomsday practice. Short answer is yes, um, in that I had some very specific privileges and advantages going into art school, and they were specifically my, my two older brothers had gone to art school before me. Um, Uncle Rahman, who's now a successful artist, who's always at MCA at the moment, and I get in South Wales, but he he done first year at five times at five different unis, and that was where he was at at that point when I went to art school. And my oldest brother, and he was working at Bunnings, and my oldest brother was a taxi driver, and like before he went to the Um And I was studying journalism, and so journalism is not necessarily a safe career in any way, but it, it felt much safer than going into art school. So making the step into art school, I had to have in my mind that this is something which I could pursue professionally and sustain myself for the rest of my life. So it's something from first year I've been thinking about and preparing for. Mm -hmm. And even in the way that I have my practice now, it's all about preparing for a sustainable future, working as a professional artist, mm -hmm. working commercially and making sure that I'm getting paid for things. So it's something I've been thinking about from the very beginning, which can be kind of cynical, but it's, Yes, yeah, the way that I'm approaching myself. One of the things that I say that could be kind of controversial too is that I think that in Australia, we're going to talk about commercially and market-wise, and that's a, another sort of conversation. Um, we're in the last generation, I think, in my opinion, of Australian artists who are selling eighty and hundred thousand dollar paintings in Australia, but who have no participation anywhere else, yeah. and no connections anywhere else. It's like a, a protected market, and I think uh, to be sustainable. We have to be part of the global conversation. 
And I was talking to a dealer recently, and this is again very high energy. This is like crazy numbers that he was talking about. But he was saying, if you've got two million dollars in Australia, you can buy a Brett Whiteley, or you can buy an Andy Warhol. Uh, and if you buy Brett Whiteley, you can show that to museums in Australia. Um, but if you've got an Andy Warhol, that's like that's value for generations in your family. Like I'm talking big numbers here. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I, I think that will shift how things happen in Australia and how we work. And I think artists are going to have to be part. Or a broader conversation to as a survival mechanism. Yeah. I don't know. I'm putting that. But anyway. I think we're all going to get better at it and exciting those conversations. I'd like to pick up on a couple of things that both Chidden and um, Adam just said there and then ask how a question, which is um, the kind of, I think often um, artists, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of practitioners, a lot of creative practitioners, um, there's this kind of like, you know, slightly self-undermining thing that, that we do and we're talking about how we have worked to, to be at this point or what um, what success or, or, or being satisfied at a particular place means. So uh, Chidan said, uh, I'm lucky to now have blah, 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 of course she's you know, worked really, really hard to do that. And Apple said, oh, look, you know, this sounds a bit cynical, but like I've, I've worked hard to plan to be able to you know, get to this place. And I think that's hugely important for us to be, for all of us to be confident in talking about what was difficult, what we did, what we now accept as um, an achievement. Um, and also knowing that um, that is going to change and move and, you know, be something that isn't consistent always in life, you know, where physical, fallible, faulty, uh, Saxon Newton rain, um, and different things will happen at different times. But um, you know, when, when we talk about professional practice and, and, and what that means, um, and, and going back to the question around expectation, how, do you think um, when you reflect on uh, what that older male artist asked you and, and then how that puts you straight back into the, into the position of, no, I am an established artist with this practice to achieve these things, um, what does that feeling of, of being um, satisfied with the expectations that you had? How, you know, how do you find yourself feeling that feeling of, of, of okay, you know, this is the balance that, that it is what it is now? And how do you do that plan into that, that longer future? I think I feel very uh, motivated. Most motivated. Yeah, motivated when I think about um, what that artist said to me, but also if I. Um, I'm feeling uh, doubtful um, about myself. I, there's a weird sort of thing where I'm like, no! Onward, <laughs> <laughs> like, go to the studio. I don't care if anyone has any sleep. Um, and yeah, I think that that working hard thing, I think it's really typical in Australia that we work, we're really, really hard workers. Yeah. Um, but also, um, we feel very compelled to make. I really like how she said, but I had to make it anyway. Like, we have to make it. Um, and I think that question that Hayley said, I find it quite confronting um, about what to do, what do you see, where do you see yourself in the future? And I have trouble with time and I need to try and think forward in the future. Um, I need to be better at doing that because I leave opportunity, opportunity a lot. And I think a lot of artists do that as well, that they kind of go, um, oh, I've got this opportunity, so I'll keep going. But oh, now I've got this one, we need to kind of keep rolling forward and into, into the work. Um, but yeah, I think um, I can see that I, I surrounded myself and um, had a group of really great mother artists, with, um, and uh, I can see that there's future that you know said will need less and less of my care, and I'll, I'll get more and more time in the studio, and um, I've got a couple of shows coming up, so that kind of ball is still rolling, rolling forward um, nonetheless. It is, yeah, so um, I'm just, I'm just in that to roll forward. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that uh, in Toy Story, the first one. Yeah. Where Buzz Lightyear thinks that he's flying, but he's falling to the side. Toy Story is quite awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, it does prompt me to talk about some of the you know, important and sobering statistics of our field because um, you know, it, makes, um, it makes your work and, and, and your achievements and all of you, you know, all the more important just by being here. We're having a conversation which is you know, rolling us forward. Um, so, you know, we know from the latest big research that the Australian Council did, um, the Trust Because It's Die report, which is called Making Art Work, 
that artists' incomes are falling, the numbers of visual arts and craft practitioners are falling. Uh, which I, I'm actually really surprised by. The gender pay gap is worse in the arts than in any other industry, which still shocks me to think about the long basis of, of that study. It's taking longer for artists to become established, uh, and artists are also working uh, longer and harder than ever before. And so it's very much a circumstance where we're talking to one another about, you know, day life and work life, and um, you know, lifestyle practice is just so hugely important. Um, we have still some time for a, a few good questions. Who's got a question for any one of the artists? Hi. Um, I just sort of was wanting to sort of go back to that idea of being in the moment, as opposed yeah. to projections forward and in the future and yeah. things like that. And then how, you know, you're working in sort of different spaces or your other work or a dual and commercial Kind of more commercial contexts and being a mum and, and a teacher and how those um, different embodiments do they influence your work or have they shaped your work in that way? Does your crack, you know, your, your living practice, everyday life actually sort of, I don't know, does it open up your worries at all? Yeah, I think the work that I was doing at Studio A and um, the work that I do in workshops and different community programs that I do is really inspiring to inform my practice as an artist. Um, and I'd like to explore that more. I'm really interested in, in working, doing workshops and public programs and working with, with communities. And I find that yeah, really, really inspiring for my work, for sure. Yeah. I think teaching sometimes um, keeps you in touch with, yeah, what's happening in the world, not just through newspapers, not just through Facebook, yeah. but there's something really beautiful and raw about the way kids talk about issues and topics. And, you know, in one of my classes, I was just working on clay with Davies Sevens, and I was thought, why doesn't everyone talk about one thing nice that happened in the past week? And, um, yeah, and it was, I was a bit stupid saying that because it was, you know, two days after the Christchurch massacre. And, um, and I, I, I hadn't even thought of it. I was just, just say something nice that's happened. And one of the students talked about how, how grateful she was to not be Christchurch and to not be victim to that and not to have that threat in her life. And it was just so like, you know, moving to be um, in that classroom and to be a Muslim teacher, to be a Muslim and, you know, to think I didn't think that, you know? <laughs> And it kind of crossed my, didn't cross my mind. So it was just really beautiful to see these year seven kids talking about these issues that are happening in the world um, that you can feel, yeah, deep in the tissue space anyway, just sort of picked on something. So it gives you hope, you know, gives you hope. But, you know, also there's the troubling things that they say and you think, oh, God, you know? <laughs> yeah, wow, this is real, you know? Um, because I guess with our social circles on Facebook and Twitter and that, we're not necessarily connected with the people we dis disagree with. It's, um, you know, we're with our, with our clients in some ways. So it's, it's a really nice way to get in touch with what's happening out there and gets you thinking about how you might respond to those situations. Yeah. Um, my question kind of pertains to the sort of overload that all your applications and your admin and you're also making the work and then you're your own marketing person and all those sorts of things as well and then in your home um, lives and your personal lives some of the particular things that you're doing in terms of how much time you're giving to people and then <coughs> gosh you've got to find time for self-care as well and things like that so I was just wondering if in, in the struggle and the balance that you guys do if there are any maybe you can talk about one thing that you try to really deliberately make time for and do and then one thing that you've just actively decided to and be like, you know what, I think that's fine for me to not do that. I found one of the, uh, an anxiety-inducing thing is opening an art magazine from a decade ago. And going, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's still practicing and who's still stopping? <laughs> and you know, and you, it's such a fickle industry. And sometimes you feel like if you don't apply and do for everything, it's all just going to go away. And so, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm trying to relate to that, wanting to do everything and like, be everywhere. Um, one thing that I, I know from my own 
self-care is that exercise is going to do it for everyone to do it. So I, I try and exercise every day. Um, one thing which I don't do is engage with Facebook stuff anymore. So I'll just leave it off my phone. Uh, I only have it on my computer and I don't skip on in argument. I just step away from that completely. Two very good insights. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to feel okay with not being so present. I've um, just given myself a break that I just can't make it. Like six to eight is just the worst time for, for babies. So like not, not being seen at openings and things. Um, and being like, you know, okay with that. Because you kind of feel like you're, you're becoming invisible. But that's like pretend as well. And I kind of, I'm so like aware of that now. And not that those who know me will be like, you never went to openings anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, but I did have uh, yeah. I think self care for me is just to be like, oh, like whatever. You know, you know what part is, and that feels good. Yeah. Oh, look, quite similar to what um, Harriet said, giving myself permission to be in my skin, and. You know, I used to think that you have to really sell yourself, you've got to go to this event and you've got to introduce, you have to introduce yourself to that person. And now I just, it's okay, you know, like if our paths cross and if it's meant to be, then we'll meet and we'll have a good natural conversation. Whereas, yeah, I'm not into going up and introducing myself to anyone. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> if it's meant to be and it feels good and natural, then that's good. That's what I want. Yeah, Exist, which is why we exist 
um, as an organization. Um, that's a really interesting kind of question to um, end on, uh, to, to take us back to the, 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 the people framing of, of, of how we began, which is around, I guess, the balance between your personal commitment to maintaining the practice and, and, and what that means to you, and the changes that you've seen politically in Australia and around the world um, in the time that you have been an artist and how that affects you on a, on a daily basis. Uh, do you find that, um, you know, so like we were saying about needing to step away from social media uh, and, you know, have that focus on, on your practice? Um, you both talked about the different ways that you sort of um, focus on you know, self and community and so on. When you think about the, that they're shifting politics, um, partly because, um, again, I don't feel like I've been talking about being a lot of artists who've been saying, well, you know, given what's happening at the moment, I'm questioning my practice entirely. Mm -hmm. Is the most important thing that I can be doing right now being an artist? Mm -hmm. And then that's where we talk about, you know, um, we think about the, the political force of choosing uh, to focus on what is creative, what draws on a range of cultural uh, traditions, um, what you know, shifts and rearranges the way that we perceive, the way that we think and make and so on. Uh, there are a few things more important than being an artist right now. Um, but what does it mean for each of you comparing the personal and the political in that way? Sam, do you know? Yeah, I think one of the benefits of being an artist is that you don't have to respond to things straight away. So, you know, maybe if you were a yeah. journalist, you, you would have to respond, politician, and you have to, you have to, there's a line to say, you know, whereas an, as an artist, we have the liberty to take pause and to think and and to come back at it. I mean, you know, I made that work the ride, which was commenting on the old ride with you hashtag. That happened like, I'm really bad with dates, but I think it happened like, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in, in the past, but you know, it was just so nice to go, oh, I'm having this thought about that event and it's okay for me to respond to it now and there's going to be no criticism and no one's sitting there going, we're a bit late there, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you can do that because you're an artist and you're expected to let ideas percolate, you know, over a period of time. I think that's what makes a good artwork as well. When you're give you when you give yourself that time to respond to something in a thoughtful, considerate, you know, deep and meaningful way, um, as opposed to making yourself, I've got to say that thing about that event that happened last weekend. It's very shallow. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes maybe curators expect that from us, you know, like, you know, what what do you think about this? And you might not have a, an opinion about that straight away, you know. And and I think it, it's. it's it's the same for identity, you know, the way we formulate identities and think about them. Uh, often, someone was saying about identities about growing up, so not where we are, but where we have been. And, and yeah, that kind of resonates for me, that you have to kind of get out of a situation or be away from it to be able to look back on it and say, well, this is what it was like. And, um, yeah, I think those are the kinds of things that shape who we are as individuals, but also shape us as communities and societies. Yeah, absolutely. And how does that balance between the personal and political work in, in, in your daily practice? Um, I think in, uh, I guess, practical, more practical terms is the defunding of art programs. And um, I work as an arts worker, and so not only being an artist financially precarious, but then funding being taken away from the organisation you work for and so your uh, your pay as part of your job gets is gone. Um, that's that's really, really difficult and I'm very, very stressed about the election outcomes. Um, and I was talking to Penelope about things that they're doing in Canberra and I'm excited about that and getting on board with that. Yeah. Last year on the election I was saying that with a bunch of friends and everyone was pretty depressed. I was talking to them about when's the last time we were happy with an election and <laughs> And it starts to feel like this is just the, uh, the the conditions that we live in. And one of the things I've said that doesn't really make sense is that it, uh, a problem is a problem and you fix it, otherwise it's a condition. 
and it is condition you have to work with it. And this is gonna sound really defeated. And so I don't know if I'm saying it right. But yeah, I, it just wasn't surprising at all. So I like I always vote progressive, but like six weeks before the election I put two hundred bucks in the coalition and won a grand. <laughs> 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 visualarts.net.au for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.